Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Where there is no love, the Latin adage meeteth with it a little. Magna civitas, magna solitudo. Because in a great town friends are scattered, so that there is not that fellowship for the most part which is in less neighborhoods. But we may go further and affirm most truly that it is a mere and miserable solitude to want true friends, without which the world is but a wilderness. And even in this sense also of solitude, whosoever in the frame of his nature and affections is unfit for friendship, he taketh it of the beast and not from humanity. A principal fruit of friendship is the ease and discharge of the fullness and swellings of the heart, which passions of all kinds do cause and induce. We know diseases of stoppings and suffocations are the most dangerous in the body, and it is not much otherwise in the mind. You may take sarza to open the liver, steel to open the spleen, flowers of sulphur for the lungs, castorium for the brain, but no receipt openeth the heart but a true friend, to whom you may impart griefs, joys, fears, hopes, suspicions, counsels, and whatsoever lieth upon the heart to oppress it, in a kind of civil shrift or confession. It is a strange thing to observe how high a rate great kings and monarchs do set upon this fruit of friendship whereof we speak, so great as they purchase it many times at the hazard of their own safety and greatness. For princes, in regard of the distance of their fortune from that of their subjects and servants, cannot gather this fruit except, to make themselves capable thereof, they raise some persons to be, as it were, companions and almost equals to themselves, which many times sorteth to inconvenience. The modern languages give unto such persons the name of favorites or privados, as if it were a matter of grace or conversation. But the Roman name attaineth the true use and cause thereof, naming them participes curarum, for it is that which tieth the knot. And we see plainly that this hath been done, not by weak and passionate princes only, but by the wisest and most politic that ever reigned who have oftentimes joined to themselves some of their servants, whom both themselves have called friends, and allowed other likewise to call them in the same manner, using the word which is received between private men. El Silla, when he commanded Rome, raised Pompey, after surnamed the Great, to that height that Pompey vaunted himself for Silla's overmatch. 
for when he had carried the consulship for a friend of his against the pursuit of Scylla, and that Scylla did a little resent the threat, and began to speak great, Pompey turned upon him again, and in effect bade him be quiet, for that more men adored the sun rising than the sun setting. With Julius Caesar, Decimus Brutus had attained that interest as he set him down in his testament for heir and remainder after his nephew, and this was the man that had power with him to draw him forth to his death. For when Caesar would have discharged the senate in regard of some ill presages, and specially of a dream of Calpurnia, this man lifted him gently by the arm out of his chair, telling him he hoped he would not dismiss the senate till his wife had dreamt a better dream. And it seemeth his favor was so great as Antonius, in a letter which is recited verbatim in one of Cicero's Philippics, called him Venefica, which, as if he had enchanted Caesar. Augustus raised Agrippa, though of mean birth, to that height as when he consulted with Maecenas about the marriage of his daughter Julia, Maecenas took the liberty to tell him that he must either marry his daughter to Agrippa or take away his life. There was no third way. He had made him so great. With Tiberius Caesar, Sejanus had ascended to that height, as they too were termed, and reckoned as a pair of friends. Tiberius, in a letter to him, saith, Hac pro amicitia nostra non occult avi, and the whole senate dedicated an altar to friendship as to a goddess in respect of the great dearness of friendship between them two. The like or more was between Septimius Severus and Plotianus, for he forced his eldest son to marry the daughter of Plotianus, and would often maintain Plotianus in doing affronts to his son, and did write also in a letter to the senate by these words, I love the man so well as I wish he may overlive me. Now if these princes had been as Trajan or Marcus Aurelius, a man might have thought that this had proceeded of an abundant goodness of nature. But being men so wise, of such strength and severity of mind, and so extreme lovers of themselves as all these were, it proveth most plainly that they found their own felicity, though as great as ever happened to mortal men, but as an half-peace, except they might have a friend to make it entire. And yet, which is more, they were princes that had wives, sons, nephews. And yet all these could not supply the comfort of friendship. It is not to be forgotten what Comenius observed of his master, Duke Charles the Hardy, namely, that he would communicate his secrets with none, and least of all those secrets which troubled him most. Whereupon he goeth on, and saith that towards his latter time, that closeness did impair, and a little perish his understanding. Surely Comenius might have made the same judgment also, if it had pleased him of his second master, Louis the Eleventh, whose closeness was indeed his tormentor. The parable of Pythagoras is dark, but true. Cor ni edito, eat not the heart. Certainly, if a man would give it a hard phrase, those that want friends to open themselves unto are cannibals of their own hearts. But one thing is most admirable, wherewith I will conclude this first fruit of friendship, which is, that the communicating of a man's self to his friend works two contrary effects. 
for it redoubleth joys, and cutteth griefs in halves. For there is no man that imparteth his joys to his friend, but he joyeth the more, and no man that imparteth his griefs to his friend, but he grieveth the less. So that it is in truth of operation upon a man's mind, of like virtue as the alchemists used to attribute to their stone for man's body that it worketh all contrary effects but still to the good and benefit of nature but yet without praying in aid of alchemists there is a manifest image of this in the ordinary course of nature for in bodies union strengtheneth and cherisheth any natural action and on the other side weakeneth and dulleth any violent impression and even so it is of minds. The second fruit of friendship is healthful and sovereign for the understanding, as the first is for the affections. For friendship maketh indeed a fair day in the affections from storm and tempests, but it maketh daylight in the understanding out of darkness and confusion of thoughts. Neither is this to be understood only of faithful counsel, which a man receiveth from his friend, but before you come to that, certain it is, that whosoever hath his mind fraught with many thoughts, his wits and understanding do clarify and break up in the communicating and discoursing with another. He tosseth his thoughts more easily, he marshalleth them more orderly, he seeth how they look when they are turned into words. Finally he waxeth wiser than himself, and that more by an hour's discourse than by a day's meditation. It was well said by Themistocles to the king of Persia, that speech was like cloth of Eris, opened and put abroad, whereby the imagery doth appear in figure, whereas in thoughts they lie but as in packs. Neither is this second fruit of friendship, in the opening the understanding, restrained only to such friends as are able to give a man counsel. They indeed are best, but even without that, a man learneth of himself,